end of December, which means the semester comes to a close and it is time for holiday break. We recap the latest happenings at Monmouth University and look ahead to the start of 2023. With University President Dr. Patrick Leahy, I'm faculty member Dr. Matt Harmon. This is Monmouth Weekly, episode number 44. Thanks as always for listening. little chill in the air, feeling like December, which is par for the course because it is December as we get set for uh, the last week of the semester, last week meaning finals, which officially started today as we record here on a Wednesday. It is our 44th episode of our Monmouth Weekly podcast with University President Patrick Leahy. Really good to be back with you, faculty member from the Communication Department, uh, Matt Harmon. President Leahy, it's it's been obviously, you know, we, we talked just before. I love these November, December ones because you're talking about Thanksgiving and how great that is to have family home. And then real quick after that, you've got Christmas break and a little bit of downtime, maybe not as much for you because I'm sure you still have to be in the office while I, I as a faculty member, uh, get a little bit of downtime. But 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 family is kind of the issue, right? When, when you get the family, and I know everybody was back for you on Thanksgiving, and I would think at some point during Christmas, everybody will be back in in and out of the house. It's a great time of year. And uh, we did have a great Thanksgiving, had everybody around. And then you say goodbye to the family, send them to their respective areas. But fortunately, only for two or three weeks before you get them back again. And uh, I, I will, in fact, in fact, get a chance to uh, get some downtime. So university presidents take their downtime as well. Um, we'll get it between, you know, the Chris, Christmas holiday and, and New Year. And uh, it will all be all about family, as you point out, this year. And I just can't wait. But as you know, December on a college campus is a very busy time, especially if you're on a semester, uh, you know, schedule, which we are. Uh, you know well as a faculty member, this is a very busy time, end of the semester uh, assignments and then go into the exam period and get those assessments done and get those grades reported on time. I've got uh, projects to grade immediately after we hang up this call. I have eager students waiting to find out how they did. Uh, fortunately, everybody in, in really good shape. You know, wanted to start with just a couple of casual things. I think sometimes on the podcast, we always come in and say, we got to talk about X, Y, and Z, which is a good thing. Today, we, we don't necessarily have a lot of that, so we can do some retrospective into 2022 as a whole and look ahead to 2023. I was, um, I'll say, very impressed as I looked the other night in Woods Theater when I was watching the annual Christmas concert that was taking place. I just happened to glance over my shoulder, and who's there? But President Leahy also partaking in seeing some of the students um, doing their annual Christmas concert under the direction of of uh, David Tripold, who does such a great job. I thought the concert itself was amazing. I was there for for personal reasons. My son, who's a senior um, as a music industry major, is part of the part of the choir, and it it was just great to see the students perform. I'm used to seeing them perform, but in the communication department, radio, TV, broadcasting, journalism, to see what goes on on that side of the campus was was stunning to me. I thought it was a fantastic night. It was. I mean, the talent that we have on this campus, you know, in general, I mean, we tout in general the talent that we have on this campus, but in particular in the arts, um, it's just amazing. I mean, we, we have some really beautiful voices on this campus and they were all sort of highlighted 
at that uh, holiday concert. And uh, it, it was fantastic. And I saw that you had a front row seat to, to make sure that Daniel saw that you were there. And uh, maybe you heard me uh, cheering from the a couple rows back, and that's why you turned around to look. But uh, I just try hard. I, I don't get to everything, and, and I'm always embarrassed that I can't. But I try hard to get to uh, these marquee uh, student performances. And, and they know that I'm at a lot of the athletic uh, events. So I want to make sure that they know of my support you, of, you know what's the arts as well. You know, what's funny, you, you mentioned that um, my, my wife, Megan, and I were fortunate enough, and we did have front row seats, but we were like on top of everybody um, because Woods Theater is such an intimate little space. It's one of the, I mean, we have so many, I'll say, cool venues on campus. Like that is so unique. And I was reminded, you know, teaching in, in Plan G or most of my classes, I don't get over that way very often uh, on campus. And I reminded my wife as I was talking, I was like, my very first undergrad class at Monmouth was upstairs in Woods Theater. Like I had a, a communication class there. I walked upstairs. The classroom is still there. It looks totally different. It's like a music lab now. Um, but it, but it's one of those really unique buildings that I, I hope, and no, no pressure, obviously, that I hope never changes because you could probably think, oh, we need to moder modernize this particular theater. It would lose the intimacy that is Woods Theater. It's a very cool spot and a great place to watch um, performances like that and other uh, you know dramatic performances. It does need some work. I'm well aware of the fact that it needs some work. It's on the list to get some some work done, but I'm with you. I, I don't want it, we'll get some work done in the building, but we don't want it to change the character of it because it's a very unique place. We're so blessed, as you know, at Mammoth because we have that smaller theater. I think it only probably accommodates 150 or so. And, and then, you know, you need a bigger place, just cross the street and go to the Pollock Theater where you can accommodate 700. You know, you need a much bigger place than, well, I'll fit the Ocean First Bank Center and you can put 5,000 in there. But I mean, the assets that we have that make up our campus are incredible. And Woods Theater is one of them. And, uh, it, it's always a delight to go in there because it's such an intimate environment to, to see our students uh, yep. performing. I, I was on your uh, monthly open call to any faculty and staff member that wants to hop on. And I almost piped in and said, hey, I had this great experience with 10 students that took place. You and I were just talking before I hit record and I found out that you already knew about it. Um, you had bumped into one of the students, Hyder, who's, in, who's an SGA member and he's the president of one of the clubs that I am advisor to, the Sports Industry Club, had an amazing experience at the end part of November. It took 10 students up to Boston. We did a Bruins game, a Celtics game. In between, we did a tour of Fenway. We did a tour of the New England Sports Museum. And we had an unbelievable panel from uh, seven or eight members from the front office of the Bruins and the Celtics to talk to our students who are interested in kind of that field. And you know, there, there were so many things that I was reminded of. First and foremost, getting students to have those experiences and being hands-on. It was, it was. I mean, I've been teaching at Monmouth since 1999 in some level or another. It was one of the best experiences I had here in 2022 to see students interact with people at that level. Incredible experience. You know, I ran into Hyder and he was telling me about this uh, sports industry club. 
And he's telling me about this trip he's taking. This was before you took the trip. This trip he's taking to Boston. And I spent some time living in Boston. I don't know if you, you, you knew that, Matt, but I spent four years living uh, up, up in Boston and I love it up there. It's such a cool town and it's a great sports town. And he's telling me about what you just said. We're going to the Bruins game. We're going to the Celtics game. We're going to tour Fenway Park. We're going to TD Garden. And uh, I was like, that is amazing. Uh, who's taking you on that trip? And he said, Dr. Harmon. And it made me quite proud that my broadcast partner <laughs> was uh, committed to our students like that. I mean, that is such a unique experience that I'm not saying that other institutions don't offer that kind of experience. I'm sure some do, but that is so indicative of the kind of experience that students can have here at Monmouth. And I'm just so grateful to you that, you know, I, I, we all know uh, anyone who follows our broadcast knows that uh, you have family and I have family and uh, to go away for a few days, uh, you know, to take good care of our students like that is a, is a real sacrifice. And I'm really, really grateful as I'm sure the students are. You know, while um, in case they are listening, I'll throw some thank yous out that made that trip possible. Amy Bellina and Vaughn Clay helped me kind of plan it and their staff and, and student life. Obviously, the students in the club did such a great job in, in preparing for it as well. Uh, I got help from athletics as well in, in Jeff Stapleton and Jared Weiss and Rich Carragher. I was able to use one of the 12 passenger vans. I was the van driver um, up and back and, and everybody um, from the Bruin and Celtic organization that made us feel so at home while we were up there. I thought, and, and I think you can appreciate and Megan, it. of course, Megan. And, and my wife, Megan, who allowed me to go. And my kids, <laughs> were, were, were Cooper, all, Luke, everybody. <laughs> we're all Celtic fans in my house. I grew up as a Celtic fan because that's who my dad followed. Um, and, and, and they were obviously upset that they were not at the game on that particular night. Um, but they got plenty of, plenty of pictures and, and I'm looking forward to getting everybody back up there because it is such a great experience. And that's what I was going to say for you, who has the two girls who are a little bit older and then your two boys who are a little bit younger. Um, you've probably experienced this for me, one of the best parts of it. And I think from a student, um, organization perspective was hearing 10 students, eight of which had never been to Boston, which I thought was crazy that if you live in the New York, New Jersey, Philly area, you've never taken a four hour trip to Boston to hear those students all leave and say, this was a great trip. And at the top of everybody's list was, wow, I, I, I never knew Boston could be a place that I could see myself living and working and trying to get either a job or maybe I go to grad school here. Like to me, that was what it was all about. All the sports stuff aside, listening to students say, I can see myself here in the next phase of my life. That's really what we're all about. I, I feel like at Monmouth, and it was like this this all encapsulating uh, trip of a small private university. Let's go to a city that you've never been to and hope that it works out. And and again, it it was a fantastic trip. I mean, kudos to you again for exposing the students to uh, one of the great cities in our country, one of the most historic cities in our country. Um, again, a, a sports mad uh, city in our country, but uh, just to expose them to that in general and then to uh, put together such a great program of sports industry uh, executives, it's just a, just a great thing. 
You know, I know the um, I know just last weekend or or the weekend prior, I should say, was the winter ball that took place in the Great Hall. Um, big fundraising event and an opportunity to showcase the campus in a little bit of a different light. Speaking of one of the more unique buildings, we mentioned mentioned Woods Theater, obviously the Great Hall with its history there. And it, and it is always a place that around the holidays uh, looks so festive and looks so nice. And I know the changes that have taken place, making it more student-centered and making it with the coffee shop and an opportunity to get more people in and out of the building. But when it comes time for something formal, like a winter ball type event, it, it's the building that shines the most, I think, on campus. I mean, I think maybe it's the building that shines the most in our state, <laughs> maybe even more broadly than that. I mean, um, I saw an article the other day, it's the largest private residence ever constructed in the state of New Jersey and the fifth largest private residence ever constructed in our country, the Great Hall is. So I can't imagine a better place to have our marquee scholarship fundraising event, which we now call the gala at the Great Hall. And we we changed the model of it. It used to be a sit-down dinner. We changed it to more of a, um, you know, a lo really long protracted, you know, cocktail party, if you will, in large part to accommodate more people because we want this this uh, event to grow and, and to grow and to grow. And this year we had 350 people attend. We raised over $500,000 for this access fund, which is a, a new fundraising effort we put together. It's, a, it's a, a pool of money that's available so that we can plug holes uh, with high financial needs students when they emerge. And uh, the goal is to, uh, you know, to take it to five, 500 or 600 people and ultimately someday raise a million dollars at this event. So it's a great, great first start. And you start with one of the, the best locations you can imagine to, to host it. And, you know, during during the course of that, I saw number one via the Mammoth Instagram. It's black tie. I saw you in the tux. Uh, breaking breaking out the tux for the event. And number two, you had the opportunity, if I'm remembering collect correctly from your open call this morning, just the second time in your tenure here at Monmouth to give out the, the president's medal, right? Why don't you, why don't you walk the, our listeners through that a little bit more? Yeah, so um, the, the president's medal, I arrived at Monmouth three and a half years ago now. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of different ways that we recognize people that have been important to our university, including the honorary degree. Um, but it dawned on me that we did not have basically that lifetime achievement award, you know, that uh, lifetime committed to advancing Monmouth University award. And so I did hear what I did at uh, the previous place at which I worked. I petitioned the board to create uh, the President's Medal, which would be basically the highest honor that we can offer at the university for individuals who have dedicated through a lifetime of service their commitment to Monmouth. And so it, this whole program rolled out last year. Bob Sculthorpe, uh, who's a, a, an alum of the university and former chair of the board and longtime supporter, was the inaugural recipient. And then this year, I went to Charlie and Trudy Parton, whom I know uh, you know, Matt, but one of the things that's so unique about them is they are not alumni of the university. 
you, you know, you might think at a university, well, would you naturally go to alums for this? Well, they're not. Uh, 40 years ago, they moved to the community. They were looking for places uh, in which to get involved and, and causes in which they could believe. They discovered then Monmouth College and then have uh, basically created, uh, as I said publicly, a 40-year love affair with Monmouth. And uh, they've been engaged in every conceivable way you can be as a volunteer. And uh, so it was only fitting that they be the second ever recipients of the, of the President's Medal. What, what a, there's so many, I guess, privileges to being a university president, but one of them is when you can uh, do something like this for people who mean uh, so much to you. You know, I just want to say a quick word about the tux. So it was black tie optional. And I knew fully that here at the shore, a lot of people are not going to wear a black tie. But I said, I announced publicly, I am wearing black tie. Maybe it's just because I'm still proud of the fact that I fit in the same black tie that I purchased 25 years ago. <laughs> so whatever reason, I, I did have my tux on and uh, it still fits quite well. Thank you very much. I'm hoping that in, in the years to come, maybe in 2023, if you make it black tie optional, throw in something for someone who's not a fan of shoes. Can you make it footwear optional? I'd love to wear my flip-flops to it. I'll wear, this, I'll wear the, the tux, but can I wear my flip-flops as well? I think it goes without saying, you know, black tie and then wear flip-flops. I mean, I've seen you in the broadcast booth with your nice coat and tie on and your and your slacks and your flip-flops. So you'd be very welcome next year. Listen, I always say in TV, it's what you look like from the waist up. It doesn't matter what your feet look like. That's That goes without saying. Um, but, you know, to, to follow up on that, again, having been in one way or another connected to the university from, from starting in 1993 as a student to now in 2022, almost 23, uh, those, those names that you mentioned, Mr. Sculthorpe, who I had the opportunity to talk to a couple of times on broadcasts and just meeting him in and out, just such a good representative of Mammoth, obviously. And, and I think the story of Mr. and Mrs. Parton is so unique that they are so committed to Mammoth, but yet didn't have the affiliation with it. I mean, and, and just genuinely two of the nicest people that you'd ever want to have a conversation with. Throw out the fact that, yes, they've obviously contributed a huge amount of money that benefits me and my sports broadcasting students and our communication students and our athletic department and the university as a whole, but they're just good people, which makes it all that much easier to sit down and, and say thank you. Oh, my gosh. It does it ever. I said that to them that, you know, it's just so it's so much fun for me to 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 offer this, uh, I hope, prestigious award to people whom I like so much personally. And uh, you have it absolutely right. You know, our, our listeners might remember that it's the Parton Broadcasting Center uh, out of which all of our broadcasts are produced. Um, but one of the things I always tell about them is, you know, they they come to uh, all the athletic contests, I, I don't just mean the football games, they're there. I don't just mean the men's basketball games, they're there. They're also at the women's basketball games, they're at the women's soccer games, they're at the, you know, women's field hockey games. I mean, they they uh, spread their support of our student athletes around. And that says a lot, it says a lot about the, the, the type of people they are. 
Also, I know this morning at your open call and, and you're in the middle of a huge capital campaign trying to uh, fundraise and, and, and make mention. I was hoping I was going to get like breaking news because you said an anonymous person had donated a seven figure donation basically to the university. I was hoping you were going to spring it on me today. I know that's not going to happen, but but what an, what an amazing gift, right? Yeah. To have somebody say, here's, here's seven figures, whatever that means at the end of the day, that's I tremendous. Mean. Yeah, seven figures in this case does does mean a million dollars. I mean, um, we're just now getting into our campaign and um, we're just now starting to solicit uh, contributions to that campaign. And, and we're basically batting a thousand so far. I mean, we've we've gone to three people, basically, and we have. When you know it, you know, two, two million dollar gifts and one half a million dollar uh, commitment. So um, it's off to a very good start. I'm sorry that I can't share with you uh, quite yet the name of the person, but uh, uh, maybe at some point I'll be able to. But I also hope that at future podcasts, you know, I can I can share with the community um, more and, and even bigger uh, results from our uh, campaign. This is intended to be uh, the largest campaign in our history, and uh, we want it to be as transformative as possible. And I, I'm dedicating a lot of time and effort uh, to this effort. Well, it sounds like you're off to a, a fantastic start, as you said, batting a thousand. It certainly sounds like that is the uh, that is the case. Uh, with University President Patrick Leahy, faculty member Matt Harmon, we're on episode 44 um, of our Monmouth Weekly podcast. President Leahy, maybe let's just take a couple minutes, as, as everybody always does at the end of a year, looking back before we can look ahead. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to put you on the spot and say, "Tell me your tell me your favorite moments of the year," because there's so many of them, right? Like, if if you think of the university as a whole in totality, there are so many things to hang your hat on and be proud of. I mean, we could spend the whole time just recounting things that happened in the last calendar year. It probably is hard for me to identify one, but I will give you one if, if, uh, if you don't mind. And that is all the way back in January when I had the great privilege of announcing a move to the CAA. That stands out to me because I said at the time, um, it's not, it's a privilege that isn't afforded every college or university president to make an historic announcement like this. And uh, just was so grateful that it happened while I was here. So that, that stands out um, as w- one of the big moments just because of how unique uh, an opportunity that is for me. But so many other, other great ones. I mean, we had a very, very good year executing on our strategic plan because so many of the things that we did grow right from that. You know, and I, and I think when you mentioned the move into the, the CAA, I can remember being there for the broadcast. We did a live broadcast to, to cover that event on um, the Mammoth Digital Network. And I, I think so many people, I, I hope that that perception has changed. And I don't mean that it was this huge perception. That was a university move. That was so much bigger than athletics and so much bigger than just sports to from the academic side of things, go to the CAA conference and, and look at the other schools that Monmouth is now affiliated with. It's not meant disrespectfully. 
to any school that Monmouth was at in any other league or conference. But right now, you, you've positioned yourself with so many great schools from top to bottom. Yeah, most of whom are, most of which are, are known as national universities, the way the, you know, the classification system uh, r- rates them. We will as well in the next year or two, when the next, the next time these classifications come out, we will achieve doctoral uh, university status, and then we will become a national uh, university. So it fits us well with with those institutions. We'll be one of the smaller ones in the conference, as we've discussed. But nonetheless, we are with schools that we increasingly think of as our peers and hope to be uh, uh, more like. Um, I, I've said this many times. It's a big move for us athletically, no doubt about it. And that in and of itself is a source of pride, but it's really uh, the exposure it gives us up and down the East Coast, which is really important for a university that needs to increasingly recruit further afield and to be able to associate with these excellent institutions, which for a university wants to continue to burnish its academic reputation. This is all part of what's embedded in our strategic plan. And we were able to make that move with athletics to help support both of those. Let's finish the last couple of minutes of our, of our podcast thinking of w- what's to come in 2023. Capital camp campaign, I would imagine, is right at the top of your list over the course of the remaining part of this academic year and all the way through the calendar year. Um, but give, give me a couple other things that you're thinking, this is what Mammoth needs to continue to grow, make that next step, make that next jump. This is what you're hoping for in 2023? Well, I hope we make um, um, substantial progress on our wellness center. Um, I think I've, I think maybe we've talked about this on previous episodes, which is, you know, a, a big investment in our uh, students and staff and faculty wellness by expanding the Ocean First Bank Center. Um, uh, we have plans in place. We're finalizing those plans. We're continuing the fundraising. I I said on a previous uh, call to the community that, you know, additive space will be paid for with additive resources. So that's on me to find uh, uh, outside money to use to build that uh, wellness center. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I hope that uh, come the springtime, uh, you and I can dedicate a podcast to our Springsteen Archives and Center for American Music. We've got a lot of really interesting things uh, brewing there. And um, I'm not sure we've ever had Bob Santelli on our podcast. He's our executive director. He would be a home run guest for us. Um, So I I hope we can dedicate at the right time, maybe a whole episode on that because so many interesting things to, to roll out. I also hope at a future uh, podcast, we might have Allison Gilbert, who is the new director of our Center for Entrepreneurship, which is another real interest of mine and of our business school dean and our provost and so many others, to become the place for entrepreneurship in Monmouth County. And uh, I hope that will take off in 2023. So those projects uh, I will be dedicating a lot of my time to finding the money to support all those projects. Uh, it's going to shape up to be a very full year uh, again here at Monmouth. 
Well, from a member of uh, the university community, I, I would tell you, I don't know that you'd get many to fight you on a new wellness center. It was definitely the one piece of the Ocean First Bank Center that I think everyone would say, "Ugh, you know, like, can, can we can we get a mulligan on this one and really make it something special? And I love hearing you talk about that. Um, excited to have Allison on to talk about the entrepreneurship side of things as well. And I'm not sure if I'm reading between the lines too much, but did you say with Bob Santelli, we're also going to have Bruce on the podcast to talk with him as well? Or did it, did, maybe, maybe I missed that in translation. Um, that might be um, a tough, a tough lift, especially with him going out on tour. Um, although he could zoom in from somewhere, I guess, but true. Um, uh, not likely I'll be able to deliver uh, Bruce uh, directly, but um, I can deliver, um, in my opinion, one of the next best things, which is uh, Bob Santelli, who is himself an alum alumnus of this university. He taught here for a while. He went on to an extremely distinguished career developing basically music centers all over the country, including the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, the Grammy Museum, and countless others. So to have him back full-time as the executive director of the Springsteen Archives, which we see, you know, taken to a whole nother level next year, uh, is is fantastic. And, and, and I, I pretty much can, can guarantee I can get him. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else. I'm afraid. Well, that sounds like, uh, you know, a, a couple of great episodes that we're going to have coming up in, uh, the spring semester. I, I, I really, you know, this, this fall, you and I, even though we still call it mom at the weekly, we kind of made the determination. Let's just make sure we do this once a month and make it really comprehensive and um, great detail. And, 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 and as we close here in 2022, um, I know you're always thinking like, is there, and I know as a university president, is there value in what we're doing? I don't think there's any question that there's value in, in continuing this. And um, I have extremely appreciated now over the course of the better part of 2021 and 22 being able to do this with you. I wish you and your family nothing but the best with the holiday season um, and can't wait to continue and, and get off to a good start in 2023. Yeah, I look forward to it as well. I think, you know, for now, the monthly um, time time frame works, works pretty well. And I hope people see value in it. You and I certainly have a ton of fun doing it. So um, I'm hopeful that, uh, members of our community see some value um, in it. And I look forward to continuing it. I would like your impressions on one final thing before we wrap up. Uh -oh. And that is who in fact is going to win the World Cup? Uh, I, my heart is telling me Argentina. Now there there is a game actually going on right now as you and I are broadcasting. France uh, would be a heavy favorite in their semifinal with Morocco. I know that they've already scored because I got an alert on my phone. Um, so it's probably going to be France and Argentina. My my son Cooper is one of the, you know, I mean, he's one of millions of people who love the game, who want to see Messi get a World Cup before he retires. My heart says Argentina. My head says France, um, unless Morocco comes back and pulls off a big upset. But, you know, listen, I'm, I'm feeling... I'm feeling in that spirit, so I'm going to go with my heart, and I'll say Argentina gets yeah. gets the win. Yeah, yeah, I, I share the same sentiment about Messi. He's one of the great athletes of all time, and it seems like the only thing missing is that is that World Cup 
trophy. So I hope I hope he gets it. I'm waiting for him to announce at some point before he retires he's going to come to Major League Soccer. So then I can say no, I, I get to call a game with Messi in it, which would be uh, something something pretty cool. My best, obviously, to you and your family. I hope you do get to enjoy some downtime and have the kids uh, back around. And, and you and I, I'm sure, will bump into each other. We've got a couple basketball games coming up over the holiday break um, and, and enjoy the holiday season. Thank you. You too, Matt. We wrap up episode number 44 here on our Mammoth Weekly Podcast. If you've got any comments, questions, concerns with what we do here on our monthly episode of our podcast, feel free to reach out to myself or President Leahy. For all of us here on the Mammoth campus, we wish you nothing but the best over the holiday season and a great start to the 2023 year and a fantastic ending here in 2022 with University President Patrick Leahy. I'm faculty member Matt Harmon. Happy 2023. Thanks, as always, for listening to us here on Monmouth Weekly.